Welcome. Glad you're here. Glad you could make it. Love to see you all. Hello, I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So glad you could make it. Thanks for coming by. So as per usual, I'm going to report on some stuff uh, tell you about uh, how things went at Dance Fish since I last talked to you. And then after that, I'll get into questions and comments and uh, answer any questions you might have or riff off any comments you might have if you make them at Dance Fish so they highlight for me, like my mods will show you periodically throughout the chat. Then, um, then I'll get to them. I'm also going to, tonight we're going to do a little bit of a giveaway. We're going to give away some hatchet fish. These hatchet fish behind me right here that for those that have been here a while, you've seen every week on the live stream, um, I'll send you six of them and we'll get into that in just a minute. Oh, all right. So, <laughs> So where to start? I guess, um, let me tell you about my week. It's been insane, like seriously insane. Since Friday of last week through yesterday and through yesterday evening, I did pretty much nothing except for prep and package fish. It was, it was that crazy. So Friday, I got my pack list all sorted out and prepared, and I got all the boxes built. So put the boxes together, put in the styrofoam liners, all that stuff. That was Friday. Um, had a little bit of time to work a little bit on the fish annex Friday, but not, not much at all. Then Saturday, I went and I caught all the fish that we sent, that we were going to send out and put them all in the bags. And that was that was an amazing day. I think I crawled into bed at 2 a.m. Uh, Saturday night. It was just took forever, but I was so happy to be doing it. I mean, I, I knew it was going to be a long, grueling day, but it was so awesome to have that many orders to pack. So thanks to everyone that bought uh, fish from dancefish.com. It was an amazing week. Anyway, that was Saturday. Then Sunday I get up and I change the water in the bags and then pistol comes over. And since there's so many bags, we added a second um, air supply line so we can put oxygen in the bags. And he and I spent the rest of the day. Um, pistol was with me working for 10 hours straight and uh, and I was working a couple hours or a couple hours and for a while. I don't remember exactly how long a while before he got here and a while after he left. So two people, it took two people doing almost nothing but sealing bags for 10 hours straight to get all the bags sealed. So that's, that's like 20 hours, 20 man hours, right? Which was great. We had a great time. We chatted up a storm. Pistol's a good guy to work with. Then Monday, we um, got all the proper bags put in the proper boxes, got the heat packs all ready. Um, worked on that really hard. My wife helped me. My son helped me. Got everything ready. And then here's where things went weird. So Monday, we're doing that all Monday. And then, okay, now everything's in the right boxes and the heat packs are cooking. We're ready to rock and roll. So I sit down to process shipping. And I don't know if anyone else here uses GoShippo. And if you do, if you notice this or not, um, 
I think Wichita Falls might use Go Shippo, but that's the website I use to process my shipping. And I went there and it, the website didn't work. And I was like, oh no, of all the weeks, of all the times when the shipping software could break, why does it have to be now? <laughs> so then how we discovered it was while I was finishing um, some things with heat packs, my wife started prepping the shipping. So she got on and she's doing it and she's trying a couple things and it just won't go through properly. She can get a certain length into the process and then it won't go through. And so she's like, yeah, honey, it's not working. And, but it's been a little while since um, since she's helped with shipping. So I was like, okay, she, she just forgot how to do it. So I come over and I try to do it and it won't work for me either. And, and a couple of things happened. One is um, my rep from UPS had called me and we had uh, made changes to my UPS account. And then at the same time, Shippo decided to do um, able to process like UPS is closing. We we've we're at the deadline. So I grabbed the two nearest boxes, processed the shipping real quick. I was only able to get two boxes out uh, on Monday because of this error, because of this glitch. Are we buffering like crazy? Hang on. Chat disconnect. Oh, it did that thing. Why does it do that thing? Hang on. I got to refresh. Things are freezing on my end. Um, it's chat's all messed up on my end. Sorry, just one moment. We'll get this fixed. Yeah, YouTube's new studios tends to do this every live stream now. Um, where this chat is going and then suddenly gets disconnected. And I don't know why it does that. Okay, I think we're back up and running. Let's see here. Back, back. Okay, that fixed it. Yep, apparently uh, my signal's good. Let me just make sure chat is in here still. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, my signal's good and everything, but with this new studio system, the, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm having software issues all around. With this new studio that YouTube just released, um, every live stream, for some reason, does this weird thing where it glitches out. It loses contact with chat, and it starts buffering and stuff. But I, I think we're back now. Okay, let's see here. Where did... Where did I lose you all? Can someone chime in uh, where they lost the, the thread of the story with the buffering so I can uh, catch you up? I just don't want to, I want to repeat as much as I need to, but I don't want to over repeat, right? That could get boring. So let me know where we were at. Were we at the point yet where the software glitched? And were we at the point yet where, <laughs> Candy says it's the good point, Shippo didn't work. Two minutes. Okay, cool. So, so anyway, finally, um, finally, the text at Shippo. I'm, I'm like going back and forth with them trying to fix the problem. Finally, they get it fixed. Um, they'd released this massive update. There wasn't any announcement or, or anything. I didn't. Jeez, this is weird. Okay, we're back, right? A lot of lag. Let me see if I can do uh, normal latency. 
maybe. Okay, hang on. Just sorry, guys. It's been a long time since we've had. Yeah, okay. Okay. So anyway, finally got it fixed, was able to send two boxes out Monday, had to email everyone else and say, sorry, there was a technical issue. Um, I can't send your fish today. They've already closed. And so, so Tuesday, um, I had to redo all the heat packs and stuff. Cause remember I had the heat packs out Monday. I, I had burned them and checked them to make sure that they were burning properly and got them all up, got them all, everything going. So Tuesday I had to undo all those cause they'd been burning for a day, throw them away, like wasted like a case of heat packs, <laughs> the woes of a fishmonger. Um, and then I uh, had to redo all the heat packs with fresh ones and finally got everything out Tuesday. So literally Friday until last night, nothing but prepping and packing fish. It was insane. But like besides that technical glitch, it was insane in the best way. Um, it helped me. A, it was nice to sell a ton of fish um, because December's funny. Like you don't sell a lot of fish in December because you don't want to ship too close to Christmas and all that stuff. So December is just generally a, a somewhat slow month, even though it's really good for most retail for fish. It's like, ooh, that's close to Christmas. We don't want to ship too close because there's so many delays and all that, right? So that, so, so that was nice. But the other thing that was interesting is I'm, I'm building the fish annex, which I'll talk to you guys about in a minute. I'll give you the update about that. And once the annex is done, I'll have a lot more species for sale. And so things will get busier. So this was a good prep for that. This uh, taught me as I went through, okay, this part is not as efficient as it could be. So next time when we're busier, I'll, change, I'll tweak a couple things just to make the process more efficient, to make things go a little more smoothly so we can handle the increased volume. Um, I will also check my shipping software um, <laughs> earlier in the day. So if there is an issue, I have time to work it out. Although I won't always know. I mean, they release their updates when they release them. I don't, I, I don't know when they're going to do it. Uh, so anyway, anyone else that uses Shippo, I don't know if you noticed that update or you got it as well, but they've changed ton, ton. All right. So let's announce the giveaway because people are asking about that. So uh, the giveaway is hatchet fish, these silver hatchet fish, again, that you guys uh, that have been here a while uh, have seen behind me a lot. And I'll send you six of them. And here is how you enter. All right, so enter hashtag flying fish in chat. We'll get you entered for six free hatchet fish that I will send to you on Monday. Hashtag flying fish, because uh, most people probably know this, but um, hatchet fish are like the freshwater version of the flying fish, if you will. We all know the flying fish from the ocean. Hatchet fish aren't quite the same, but the reason they have that big hatchet shaped body is to um, support muscles 
that attach to their pectoral fins, which are pretty big, so that they can jump and glide to escape predators. Uh, a lot like the flying fish does in the ocean. The flying fish in the ocean has a, um, you know, a longer glide. They're a little further developed along that, that pathway. But hatchet fishes are a freshwater version of that, so which is pretty cool. So that brings me to my only warning about hatchet fish, which is they jump and they jump like crazy. So I would not keep them in a tank that didn't have uh, a lid and they get real excited around feeding time. So once they get used to you and they're up begging for food and they aren't shy anymore, you have to be careful because if you lift the lid and you're dropping food in from a height, they'll see the food dropping and they'll jump for it. So the trick that I use is I open the lid, I put my hand down close to the water, let it go pretty quick and then close the lid. Now it's not a big deal during maintenance this is generally an I'm excited to eat type thing and seeing food fall down a few inches to the water and jumping for it. If, if I lift up the lid and stick my hand in with a scrubby pad to scrub algae, which I obviously hadn't have, haven't had time to do in a few days, but if I do that, um, they don't jump. It's only when they're excited for food or very, no, it's not even so much when I try to catch them with the net. It really is a feeding response. So, Besides that, amazing fish, peaceful, once, once they've recovered from import and they've been acclimated and everything, really solid, really hardy fish once that happens. When they're fresh imported, they're freshly imported, they're very shaky. But once you get them over that, they're, they're amazing and hardy. They're peaceful. They don't really bother anyone that doesn't easily fit into their mouth to be swallowed. So, and they don't have huge mouths, so they can go with almost everything. Great surface dwelling fish, or in this case, midwater for some weird reason. Um, so anyway, uh, hashtag flying fish, you will be entered to win six of those. Last thing before I get to your questions and comments, 102 watching. That's pretty cool. Um, anyone that uh, feels like it, if you wouldn't mind liking, sharing, hitting notification bell, subscribing. But uh, yeah, let's grow our audience. 101. We're up at 102. Let's keep it climbing. I think our record is 230. Uh, Bob Kaler will correct me if I'm wrong there, but I believe 230 is the top. So, Ty Hunsaker, thank you for the super chat of $20. That is so generous of you. I so appreciate it. Coffee and a donut for you and your wife. And your wife, Tom, Thursday. How did you know I had a wife named Tom? How did you know, Ty? <laughs> I think what you meant to say was coffee and donut for you and your wife on Thursday, tomorrow. Well, that'll do it. Sorry, guys, just, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, HC Aqua refreshing is still circling. It's doing it on my end, too. There's literally no data coming in to the encoder right now. I have no idea why. Yeah, I think the stream, oh, now it's back. Yeah, we're back. All right. We'll muddle through somehow, like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, there is a snowstorm outside, but that usually doesn't affect internet, or if it does, it, like, goes away and 
is gone. It doesn't like flash on and off like this. So I, I literally have no idea what's going on. And I was a good boy and restarted the computer and everything um, before the stream. So, you know, we've got a pretty, pretty clean starting place. And now we're down to 66 viewers. Yep. Not surprising. Okay. Anyway, hopefully you saw all those pictures of the bags that we uh, packed up to ship out. It was super busy. And then the fish annex got a bunch of lumber today and um, made progress on installing the water heater. My goal for tomorrow, which is ambitious, and I'm not sure if it's reality or not, but my goal is to finish installing the water heater and to get all the racks finished. So have all the racks built and ready for tanks. And the reason I want to do that is because then I can place the racks where they're actually going to go so that when my shipment of air valves and water valves arrives from Gemco, which should happen really soon, I can see in, in real space where they're going over the racks. Sometimes you measure and it's all off paper and you're like, I think it's going here on the paper and you put it there and stuff. And once you get the racks and you see, oh, I'm actually got to move this rack an inch this way or, or move, there's a little slope to the floor here I didn't know about. I have to shift things a tiny bit. And so I like to get the racks in place before I put all the air and uh, plumbing up top because otherwise you got to redo it and that's no fun. So anyway, that's, that's what's going on there with the fish annex. All right. Well, <laughs> it's been a week of technical difficulties. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> now YouTube, before that UPS and Shippo, um, shipping software. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's see if we can get through this. Let's see if we can do this. I missed a super chat from Chattanooga Ed for 10 bucks. I think Dan is cool. Even when he is buffering. Yep. Thanks, Ed. Nothing like that little circle in front of my face, right? <laughs> and uh, hey, Ed, when I went to catch those geophagus for you, I think they're, they're a little young for me to be sure, but I think they might be a pair. I think you might have got a pair. I hope you did. I tried. I tried. Well, I only had two left, so I couldn't try real hard, but I caught the two. I looked at them. I went, yeah, I think the smaller one's female. The ventral fins on, on the smaller one just aren't nearly as large as on the other one. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a male and female for you. Okay. I'm going to get into questions and comments. Um, sorry. It's been so rough with all these buffering things. I, I literally have no idea what's going on there, but We'll muddle through till we don't muddle through anymore. Hopefully we'll get, hopefully that's the end of it. Chewy LTD. Hey, good to see you again, Chewy. I feel like it's been a minute since I've seen you in chat. Uh, well, Pam, Dance Fish knows that I might know someone that played guitar for Michael Jackson. So I'm giving Pam an early Christmas present since I cannot talk now, but I did then. <laughs> All right. Looks like Pam's getting something good. Um, Killers Aquatics buffering. Yeah. Yep. Hello. Hello, Skipper's Aquariums. Hello, Candy. Hello, Killer, uh, Killers Aquatics. And um, hello, 54 Punchy. And Lumpy Dog. Hello to my mods. Glad you're here. Reels tanks right when the buffering wheel came up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Rockford Fish Keeping. Well, hello. Good to hear from you. 
Two questions for your tanks. Why didn't you get them pre-drilled? Yep, good question. That way no tanks would be broke and no worry to you. Yes, yeah. So they'd be worry-free, they'd be pre-drilled. And second is from my pops, Kent, where do you, where are you at funding in the new location? Okay, two good questions, thank you. So I, I explored pre-drilling and there is a company in Los Angeles called Elite Aquariums that would pre-drill for me. There's another company in Los Angeles that I know well called Fujimoto that makes aquariums, custom aquariums. And I explored doing that with them. And it was just so much more expensive than buying aquariums from a wholesaler and having them shipped to me. Basically, the difference is this. The cost per aquarium is almost the same. So I can get an aquarium drilled from Elite Aquariums, pre-drilled for about the same cost as just getting like an Aquion tank from a wholesaler. The difference is the wholesaler ships them for free. To get 81 40-gallon breeders shipped to me from Los Angeles, that is, I think we worked it out, is it nine pallets? Maybe it was five pallets. I can't remember, but we, we worked it out. I could not find a way to get them shipped to me from Los Angeles that didn't cost several thousand dollars. So, um, so yeah, it was just a cost thing. So I can spend several thousand dollars and get them shipped to me, or I can buy a glass drilling press for $600 and a few glass drilling bits and drill them myself and always have that tool for future projects. So it's going to be less money for me to buy them and drill them myself. Plus, I'll have everything I need to drill in the future. So that's Rockford Fishkeeping, why I did that. I did want to buy them pre-drilled and I worked pretty hard to try to make that happen. But freight is just a lot. It's at least a two-day truck driver's haul from Los Angeles and it costs a lot to to rent a semi, basically. The second reason is that, or I'm sorry, the, the second question you ask, where am I at in funding? So I've got $100,000 committed towards the 600,000 I need. Here's what I did. I have a question I need to answer before I continue fundraising. And the, the question is this, how much growth actually occurs from expansion? That's a question I couldn't answer for investors. And we need to know that answer before we go and expand massively. Because it could be like, if you expand, growth is amazing. Revenue increases a ton. And therefore, it makes financial sense to expand, which is what every instinct I have is saying will happen. And therefore, you do it. But the reality could be you expand and there's hardly any growth and the expansion doesn't make financial sense, right? So what I've done is that's why I'm building this fish annex. I don't see the fish annex as being a permanent thing, but for only a small amount of money, I can more than double my current capacity by building this fish annex. And I can tell by running that for say six months, what growth is in, in, um, in tandem with expansion. 
So it'll tell me if I expand this much, this is how much growth I can expect. And maybe I expand this much and there's a ton of growth. Great. We're good to go. Or maybe there's only a little bit. And then I need to play with, okay, there's only been a little bit of growth. What kind of marketing do I need to do to get the kind of growth to make an expansion make sense and run those marketing tests, figure that out so that when I go back to investors and say, hey, I'm looking for 500,000 more dollars to do this massive expansion, I can tell them, look, I expanded six months ago. This happened. This is the data. So we know what happens when we expand. Um, so I, I, I just need that data before I do, before I'm able to answer all the questions that investors have or that I have as well. So that's what's going on there, Rockford. So it's a $600,000 raise. Um, 100,000 of that is committed already. Um, I haven't collected that money yet just because I don't expect to be ready to build for about a year. So I don't expect to be able to build the large warehouse expansion for about a year until I've had time to collect this data from the annex. Once I have about six months of data, then I'll go back to investors and start actively raising again for that warehouse and, um, you know, get on that fundraising horse again. So it's not that I'm not looking for more commitments. If anyone's listening and is like, hey, we, we, uh, we want to commit money, then please do. But I won't collect the money until I have that data. What I don't want to happen is what if we get that data and, and just despite all my best efforts and all my instincts and all my planning and effort, um, it doesn't make sense. You know, then I, then I would get back to you and be like, thanks for committing the hundred thousand. Here's the results we had from this annex expansion. I don't think it makes sense to go any bigger. Like I, I think it'll take 30 years for you to recoup your money instead of 42 months. You know, so, so that's why Rockford, that's where we're at. So yes, I'm still looking for funding, but I'm not like actively seeking it because I want that data before I actively seek it. But if someone wanted to commit, you know, is like, yes, I want to do this provided that it makes sense once the data comes in from the annex, then, uh, then I would be like, yes, let's do that. And I have every confidence that it'll work out and that it is a good idea, but that is where it's at, man. It's, it's collecting data and analyzing it and seeing if, um, if everything is doing what you think it's going to do. A lot of people lose a lot of money. A lot of businesses uh, go bankrupt. A lot of friends are lost and there's a lot of awkward Thanksgivings, um, when you go too far without knowing what's actually happening. So, yep. Aftershock, but sorry, I'm late dealing with public school issue with my kid. How do I enter the hatchet giveaway? Hashtag flying fish will enter you into the giveaway and glad you're here. You didn't miss much. We were just buffering for 20 minutes. So <laughs> you missed all the buffering. Been good for a while now, though, I think. So that's good. All righty. Fish keeper Cole 
I had to catch some of my Cory Fry out of the tank that they share with my adult Corys last Saturday. They have been super stressed and scared since. Is there anything that will calm them down? Yeah, some cover can really help. And if they're in an aquarium that isn't planted, I wouldn't put a light on them, or at least not a bright light. You need to be able to see them to monitor health and eating. So they do, you know, that's important, but nothing too bright. So the light's one. The other one is if you just take like an oak leaf, make sure it's been dry for a long time, but, but take an oak leaf or something like that and let it sink into that tank or container that the fryer in, they'll all go under that thing and hang out under that and that'll help them feel secure. And something else that would help Fishkeeper Cole is how big, when you say Cory Fry, are we talking just absorb the yolk sac fry or are we talking three months old and you know half an inch long fry so the definition of fry can be funky if they're super young give them some cover and uh that'll help quite a bit wichita falls i had the same scenario with shippo my heart sank well yeah wichita i'm telling you of all the days of all the weeks of all the seasons of the year why did it have to happen monday (laughs) i mean just oh so all you developers out there and i get it from their point of view they're thinking hey we'll release this update it has all this new functionality it'll be awesome for everyone during the holidays Whereas me and other people that ship with them are like, it's the holidays, it's super busy, it's super stressful. Don't throw any curveballs at us right now. Wait till the slow season, right? But yeah, Wichita, I was thinking of you. When that happened to me, I was like, I wonder if Wichita is getting this too. Yeah, of all the times they could have done it. Whatever though, whatever. (laughs) Um, Gathers Aquatics is posting the GoFundMe link where it has the information about investing in Dan's fish if you want to. Um, I am looking for investors, but again, I'm not not being real active about it until that data is available. Michael Wentworth, thanks for the opportunity. Hey, you're welcome for the flying fish opportunity. Absolutely. And Michael, I was so glad to hear that the Pseudomugal, Ivan Safai are doing well and breeding for you. I, I hope you get tons of babies and we can distribute that species. All right. Michael Wentworth again. Dan, what has been your biggest obstacle or setback throughout your Dan's Fish endeavor up to this point? And how did you overcome it? Um, I think the biggest... I'm going to rephrase it as a challenge. I think the biggest challenge was before I went full time on it, when I was going through that struggle of, man, I like this so much, but I have this other career in trying to quitting my golden handcuffs career was the biggest obstacle to doing dance fish right. Um, I, I was a tenured professor at a college full health benefits, full retirement package, not really high pay, but steady pay and enough to live on. And with all those benefits, you know, pretty decent pay, doing something I really loved to do, kind of, at least close to it. And so many people work so hard, 
there's a ton of people that would kill for that position. And I was lucky enough to get it. So I had all this guilt of like, man, I spent 10 years in college to make it to this point. And I've done all this work to make it to this point and all that, you know, all the sunk cost that was in that. But for the last couple of years, all I've wanted to do is, is, well, my whole life I've loved fish, but there was this switch that was going on. And so figuring out how to make that decision was uh, the biggest obstacle, I'll say. And the way that got resolved is I just had to be honest with myself and be like, hey, when you're at work, you don't want to be there. You want to be doing fish. So you should do that because it'll make you happier and because your students and everyone in your program and all that um, deserve someone in this position that is like 100 percent, right? That isn't distracted, isn't wanting to be somewhere else. Because there's lots of people like that. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess I would say that. Besides that, Michael, I've been doing this long enough. Um, I mean, I've learned a lot for sure, but. I've been doing this since I was 13, 14 years old. I'm now 41. So as a hobby, kind of as a side thing, but many times in my life, it was my job. I'd work at a fish store or a wholesaler or a breeder or a, you know, online retailer, stuff like that. And so I knew enough about the industry and knew enough about business and was excited enough about business that, um, that I think I was able to bypass a lot of the hurdles that people encounter that are huge learning curves that could make or break them um, when I when I went for this full time. Now that being said, it's still a struggle. Like I, ramen wages is not a joke. Like it's it's a real struggle right now. My my hope is that when the annex is done, we'll graduate from ramen wages up to like SpaghettiOs, right? And then once the um, warehouse is done, then we'll be where we want to be. We'll be eating pretty good at that point, right? That's, that's where we're at. But yeah, yeah. So that's, I guess my response to that, Michael Wentworth. <laughs> Let's see here. I missed a couple super chats and I don't ever want to do that again, especially after missing Bob Kaler's super chat last week. I, uh, I read the chat afterwards. Oh man. It was like a horrible joke. Poor Bob. He just couldn't get a break. I kept missing every time someone would mention, Hey, Bob super chatted you and you missed. I just, I just, it just missed it. So I'm trying really hard not to do that. <laughs> just one more fish with Josh. Ooh, officially changing my YouTube channel to just one more fish with <laughs> Josh. <laughs> After last week, we'll keep up the great work. Well, thanks, Josh. <laughs> that was funny. And I did see your chat comment at that moment later when I when I read the chat. <laughs> It's pretty funny. Everyone, when I butcher your names and, and just don't see stuff and all that, thanks for thanks for having a humorous attitude about it. I I really try not to offend anyone. But I, but I'm just a big idiot sometimes and it's never meant. The fish tank barn five dollars. Man, 
Thanks so much, Mike. I really appreciate it. The tip jar, hashtag no more professor. That's right. No more professor. It was a weird decision. Like, like I said, so many people would have killed for that job I have. Some probably literally. And, you know, these are the kind of jobs that you have to wait for someone to like retire or die before they open up. So they're few and far between. I was lucky enough to have one, but it just wasn't doing it for me. It's a hard decision. Jeff Chambers, $10 Super Chat. Jeff, thanks so much to your quest for SpaghettiOs. I love it. Yep. We're trying to get to SpaghettiOs, from ramen to SpaghettiOs. Man, maybe one day we'll be able to Chef Boyardee. Woo! Be living the high life. All right. Stream health is still good. Yeah, that was really weird how it kept bouncing around like that. Um, Cat and Fish letting me know I had buffered. And so I'm not buffering now, but chat was lost last time I buffered. Chat's disconnected. Okay, I'm trying to reconnect chat here. Sorry, I had to make that funky so I could reconnect chat. Just a second. Man, oh man. So it's like every time it does that, chat disconnects. I think I got it back. Hang on. Got to put it back on OBS as well. You know, there was a time, there was a time when there was a technical difficulty, like on the weekly, every live stream, like for the first few months I was doing this. And then we got pretty good and there weren't any for a while. And then there's this change and there was a technical difficulty again, like every live stream for a few weeks. It's been like a good, how long has it been though since we've had issues? I mean, it's been many, many, many months. So I guess I'm just due. I guess it's just time for YouTube slash the universe slash every other force around to say, you haven't had any technical difficulty live streams in a while. Here you go. Zing. Lucky me. <laughs> all right. So because of all that, I can't see a lot of the chat from before. The first um, thing I can see that's highlighted for me, which is just above just one more fish with Josh's super chat is from Joseph Stanley. So if I missed your question or comment, please just repost it. Um, chat's back. Hopefully it won't die again. Do you have any advice for me trying to enlarge my fish tanks with a wife who hates all my tanks and my hobbies? Oh, that's rough. Um, Joseph, I'm a lucky dude. Brenda, my wife, understands that there's things that I just need in my life, including fish. She understands and she supports me. She helps me. Like Monday when there was so much to do, she's like, hey, I don't have a music lesson for a while. Let me pop down and help you. Right. And she did. Um, Tuesday, she helped me again. So I've, I've never been in the scenario where I had a spouse or significant other that was against that. I don't know how you deal with that, Joseph. Like, I'm just trying to think of my life and what it would feel like if I couldn't do what I loved why would I go through life that way? 
And I would, I would think that my, my partner would understand that. Um, I guess I'm lucky though, cause, cause Brenda has things she's very passionate about too. She is super passionate about music. So she understands that like her piano or pianos, we have more than one. Her pianos are like my fish room, right? So she, she has that, that she can be like, yeah, what would my life be like without piano, without music? Um, I can't do that to Dan, right? So I don't know what to tell you, Joseph. I guess I'm just lucky to have a partner who allows me to be happy. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I've never had to deal with that. And I wouldn't want to. Sorry, I, I wish I had actual help for you. Well, I, I guess, is there something she really enjoys where it's like, okay, hey, honey, I want more fish, but I know you want this other thing. Um, I got more fish. Now it's time for you to get your thing. And then after that, let's agree that then I can get some more fish and then you can get some more of what you want. Like maybe it's a sit down. Let's have a talk and be like, here are the things that I really want in my life that make me happy here. What are the things you want in your life? Figure out what those are. And then, okay, well, I've got three of those and you haven't got any yet. Why don't you get a couple? And then I can expand on my list or get more of something on my list. Maybe it's, maybe it's just a conversation where it's all laid out. And you both know what is important to both of you. And there's some kind of plan about how that happens. Maybe it's something like that. Totally unqualified to say anything about it. But I guess that's the approach I would take if I was in that situation. You know, thinking about it for 30 seconds. I don't know. Michael Wentworth, what has been the hardest thing for you to learn? Oh, okay. So this isn't, this isn't quite the same question, but it's similar. Let me see. What has been the hardest thing for you to learn with regards to dance fish? Something, something business specific, fish specific, process design with regards to QT or shipping? Um, I mean, I'm always tweaking things, but I knew enough about fish and quarantine and um, suppliers and things that, that all that stuff was pretty much... Um, I had the basics. Something I, I feel like I could still do better treating fish. I think that's my biggest weakness. And I feel like that's the biggest weakness in the hobby too. Sometimes a batch of fish comes in and despite all my best efforts, I can't fix them. I can't get them healthy. And I'm sure that if I was an aquatic veterinarian, and had that knowledge and those tools and that skill set, in many cases, there probably is something that could be done. But I'm like you and other hobbyists. I, I, I know some basics. I'm not really well trained. Um, so it's that's the part that I still haven't figured out. One day I would like to get the business big enough that there is an in-house veterinarian. That would be such a help. Uh, someone who is here all the time. And this will be, this takes a warehouse, right? A veterinary is not cheap to hire. But they can really, every bag of fish that comes in, they could examine one in detail. 
I'm probably do a histology, see if anything's wrong. And if there is, we'd know how to treat that batch of fish specifically with medicine specific to the actual thing that is, uh, that they're struggling with, man, I long for that because I don't have the knowledge and skill set, and I could, I can develop it and I am developing it as much as I can, but I don't have, you know, four years to dedicate to go to vet school. You know, I can't afford that in time or treasure right now. <laughs> so I read a lot, but, um, about it. But without someone actually guiding you on, okay, let's look at this slide under the microscope. You're kind of lost when you first start doing that, right? Without someone there actually really training you in like a classroom situation. So right now, that is my biggest challenge. And I do my best and it always sickens me when when I can't figure something out because I care about fish. I, I want them to be healthy. I can... And I, and a lot of times I am successful, but every now and then there's that edge case, like those rice fish I had recently or the panda quarries that I never figured out with that batch, what was going on. Um, yeah, I feel like in our hobby, that's the greatest weakness. Not only do we not know, but we don't even have access to people that do know readily. Big J's Fishkeeper, looking forward to getting the fish tomorrow. All right. Hope they arrive in good shape and I hope you enjoy them. Please let me know. Just one more fish with Joss. I'm so offended. Yes. <laughs> My plot worked. Fishkeeper Cole. Hey, Cole. The fry are about three-fourths of an inch long, five months old, and are in a 29-gallon planted tank. Huh. The main problem is that the adults are stressed out. Oh, the adults are stressed, not the babies. And in turn, are making the little ones stressed out. Wow. Cole, it's been my experience with quarries that sometimes this takes a few weeks or even a couple months, but that once they settle in and are no longer like scared of their owner coming up and, and all that, once that happens, I've never had them like revert from that. So I'm really not sure. The, the thing that pops into my mind is if there's already cover for them, it's a heavily planted tank, right? 29 gallon planted tank. So they've got plants and stuff they can hang out in. Um, so the only other thing I would say, there's two things, maybe. One is dither fish are always great if you can get some pencil fish or something else to swim up above them. A lot of times those bottom dwelling fish do keep an eye out on what's going on on top of them to know if everything's cool, if there's if everything's peaceful, if everything's safe, right? Because if those fish up above them start darting for cover, they know they need to dart for cover. Without that indicator, they might feel uncomfortable. So that's one possibility. The other is quarries really do so much better in large groups. And I'm not talking like our typical group of six. That has been, that's a, that's a standard just because we know quarries want companionship and we usually can't convince customers to get a large group of them. Six is okay at some companionship, but quarries do absolutely wonderfully, like they're a different animal when they're in a group with a large number, you know, 20 or more, 100, you know, things like that. It's a 29-gallon tank. You can't go nuts. And if you have babies, then I'm guessing you probably do have actually a pretty good number of them in there. So it might not be that that's the issue. But when quarries have already had time to settle in, 
and are still uncomfortable, I guess the two things I would think of is A, dither fish and B, is the group big enough? Those are my thoughts, Fishkeeper Cole. Um, There's a lot of folks in this stream that keep Corey. So if anyone here has any other thoughts or better advice for Cole, please do leave it so we can help him out. Tampa Tom, when using ick to treat ick, when using ick x, okay, got it. (laughs) When using ick x to treat ick, I've used more than the recommended amount and haven't had any problems yet. Just wondering if overdosing helps in any way and how much might be too much. So Tampa Tom, I haven't reached the upper limit. Um, I've dosed it twice, the recommended amount before with no problems. Um, I, I had a really rough case and it just didn't go away. And then I did that and it did. And the only reason I did that is because I was out of – the fish were going to die if something didn't change. It was it was a bad case, right? Normally, I wouldn't do that. Um, but I've never gone more than that. And I only had to do that. It was interesting. It only took a couple days of doing that. Jesus. I'm probably going to remember this wrong. But in my mind, I'm remembering like two to three days before I saw a whole bunch of improvement and then I cut it down to the normal dose again. So it wasn't like I did that for a long time. Um, and with ick, you really do want to treat like 10 to 14 days, even though the, you aren't seeing it anymore. If you want to eradicate it from the aquarium, how I do it. And again, I'm not a veterinarian or any of that, but what I do in those situations is I treat daily and I do it for 10 to 14 days. Yep. And I don't double dose though. I only double dose in very rare instances. And I, I can only remember one time when I purposely double dosed. I've probably done it before where I like just accidentally put in a wrong dose or something at some point over the years. But I've never tried to find that upper limit to where, oh, if I put more than this, they start dying. Um, in, and I have found ICX and um, what I'm using now is Mardell Quick Cure just because it's cheaper. Same active ingredient pretty much. Um, I found that it works really well. I don't increase the temperature. I don't throw in salt. I don't do anything besides use that treatment. And I do it daily. I put it in about half an hour before lights out at night because at night is when ick will release the swarmers that will infect the other fish or when those become free swimming, I should say, um, when they'll start swimming around looking for fish to infect. So that's when I do it. And I change a third to half the water between each treatment. So daily I'm doing a third to half, um, 50% water change. So that's, that's how I treat it. I don't mess with temperature. I don't mess with anything. Just use the medicine and change the water. Works really well for me. 44 mag guy. Oh, I do want to say though, just because it works well for me doesn't mean it works well for everyone. My water is specific to my area. It's it's generally pretty soft. You're in Tampa, um, so you're probably going to have really hard alkaline water. I don't know how that affects that. Maybe for you it would be better to put in salt and raise temperature. I'm not sure. But for me, just using the medicine and changing water works great. 44 mad guy fish and more. Hey, Dan, do you think you could source a pistogramma cockatoides? Yes. I saw this fish on Rachel O'Leary's channel and want to buy it. I've already checked to get gills. So nothing on get gills right now. I'm kind of surprised. I actually just sold out. I, I shipped a whole bunch on Monday. 
um, of F1 epistogramma cockatoides. So their parents were wild. Um, I bred them and sold the babies. And that was really cool to be able to do that. Let's see here. No cockatoides. Well, that's interesting because, oh, yeah, there is. Uh, epistogramma cockatoides is probably the most common epistogramma in the hobby. It's a great one to start with. It's hardy. It's colorful. It's not super expensive. Here's one right here on Get Gills and their Pez Aquatics is only charging $5.33. That's a pretty good deal. Looks like they only have one, but it might be worth uh, visiting them here. Click on Pez Aquatics and send them a message through this field. They might have more. Might be worth checking. Um, I'm sure that if we went to Aquabid right now, we could find some. Let's try that. Pistos. Holy cow, I don't see any. That surprises the heck out of me. Really? I would think between Get Gills and Aquabid. Holy cow. Yeah, I don't see any. I don't know what to tell you. It's, it really is, at least as far as I know, it's always been one of the most common species of pistos out there. I can't believe it's not available right now somewhere. Don't know what to tell you. Um, but yeah, I'll try to get some in. I, that is a fish that I can get in. I have gotten in the past and bred and raised and stuff. And um, I will try to do that for you. Although... I, I will say 44 Mad Guy 1, I can get them. Like every week they're available for me. But often they're available to a price that doesn't make sense. So I, like there's pistols are available. I can get them. But I don't want to have to charge you 60, 80, 100 bucks a pair. Because pistols can be really expensive even at my cost. And so I wait until there's a good batch at a good price. And sometimes that means I have to wait a bit till that happens. Joe Coffee, do you have any more Mabuna cichlids in stock? I do. I do, Joe Coffee. I have a whole bunch of Mangano. If anyone wants Mangano, oh man, I've got a whole bunch. They're beautiful, they're tough as nails. And so far, they aren't picking on each other. It's a big group, so I think that helps. I have 54 of them left, and they're $2.50 each. Super cheap. I got your Mangano. You want Mangano? <laughs> I got them. <laughs> yeah. Jamie McDonald testing to see if Trooper, Super <laughs> Trooper Sat, that's how I wanted to say it, still works for you. Jamie McDonald, thank you so much for the Super Chat. Woo. English is hard, hard, hard. Tasty fish sauce, $2. Here's to ramen wages. Hashtag love my ramen. Ramen wages, rock on. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thanks everybody for the super chats tonight. I just want to make triple sure I'm not skipping any, especially if they're from Bob Kaler or Anna Lee or Ginger, who are folks I have been not seen there <laughs> who in the last few weeks I've skipped super chats just haven't seen them and I feel bad Medina hey good to good to hear from you Medina Aquatics can you give some information on the bandit cichlids you have available and possible tank mates so the bandit cichlids are um 
uh, Lanakara. Um, oh, and they're always sold as Garai, I think is what it is. But they're actually a different species. I, I have it on the – if you go to dancefish.com, I have the species listed. They're great. They're – I mean, you have to be careful because when you say a cichlid is peaceful, what that means is they're super peaceful for a cichlid. It doesn't mean that they're as peaceful as like, uh, you know, a, a Corydora or a guppy, right? But they are – the banded cichlids are about as peaceful as you're going to find in a cichlid. A great community fish it can get maybe to six inches or so, but are more likely going to top out at four to five inches, somewhere around there. And really neat fish, colorful, peaceful, hardy. In my experience, they eat flakes, they eat pellets, they eat rapashi. They're not picky eaters at all. And this batch I have, I've been super happy with. I don't think I've lost any of them if I'm remembering right. Um, so far proven to be super, super hardy. They're in there with Celebes rainbows, not bothering them at all. And the Celebes rainbows are only about an inch. And they're also in there with some Cory's, some Bushy-nosed Placostomus, and some um, Procatopus, Procatopus of Barons, which is a lampi, a killifish from West Africa. Um, there's plants in there. They aren't bothering the plants at all. I don't know if that'll change as they grow bigger. They don't sift the sand a whole lot. Um, some of the kind of uh, Alonacara type fish um, do sift sand quite a bit. These don't seem to sift the sand a lot. I don't know if they dig or not. I haven't seen them dig yet. But as far as keeping them, mine are kept at a, in the mid-70s, a sponge filter and a box filter. Uh, the tank has some sand on the bottom because they were in there with some geophagus. And I like to give my geophagus some sand. But they would be fine on a bare bottom tank. They don't really use the sand. So, yeah, that, that's my experience with them so far. This is a new species for me. So I've never had full-grown adults. Um, this is just a batch of juveniles. Maybe about, uh, I'd have to check the description at dancefish.com, but maybe about two inches or so at this point. Maybe a little smaller, a little bigger, depending on the fish. And I've only had them for about, a, is it a month now, roughly? Something like that. So I'm not an expert on them yet, but from everything I've read about them and all the research I did before I bought them, I think they're going to be an awesome fish. And everything I've experienced so far, I think they'd be a great community fish cichlid. Priscilla MKR, $5. Ramen. Thanks, Priscilla. So glad you're here. I hope to be able to see you and uh, Trevor Mikey again someday soon. Um, the plan is when the annex is done to do some importing. And if I do that, I might end up down in Denver. So hopefully, hopefully I can stop by. That'd be great to see. I want to see your store too. I want to see the fish store you're working at. Mike L 4.99. Hey Dan, so many successful shipments. Thank you. Thanks to all your info. Kerbenta's corner on Instagram. Thanks. Hey, awesome. Mike L. I'm glad it's working for you. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're shipping successfully. That's, as you know, an area of this hobby that I'm passionate about and I think almost everyone can improve on. There's, and we need to, because as the hobby moves online, we've got to pack fish in a way that they do well, 
that the customer has a good experience and that the postal carrier or FedEx or UPS or whoever carries the fish um, has a good experience too. And we don't like ruin a batch of postage by water leaks and stuff. So I'm glad to hear it's working for you. And Michael, if you ever want to create a Kerbinza's Corner store at getgills.com, I'd love to see you there. But I'm glad it's going well. So anyone that wants to see what uh, Mike L has, check out Kerbinza's Corner on Instagram. All right. Susan SLC Aquatics throwing a heart down to me and everyone else. Well, right back at you. Right back at you. Lots of hearts going around. <laughs> There's a lot of love in the chat tonight. Makes me want to bring out my cool jazz radio voice. Everybody. <laughs> I'm no Bentley Pasco, but I can try. I can try to have a cool radio voice. Ooh. Michael Wentworth at Dan's Fish. Thanks. Love picking your brain. I know you enjoy breeding fish. Hashtag breeding is pleasure. You know it. Have you found that you find less personal enjoyment in fish after turning a hobby into a business? I don't. I don't. Here's where I think that turning point is. Because I've seen it with other people. And I, I mean, I'm not positive. But I think the turning point is when you stop seeing the fish as an animal that you enjoy and start seeing it as a commodity. That I think is where when when people stop enjoying it, um, because there's got to be a level of guilt associated with that that just has to. How can you enjoy it <laughs> at that point? So I think that's it. I think people, some people really like fish. They start a business, open a pet store, or whatever, and there is real financial pressure. This is a tough business to be in. I mean, me and Bob Steen fought go back and forth all the time talking about whatever challenge we had this week or last week or whatever week we're messaging back and forth. And, um, it's, you know, and when I have an issue, he's like, Oh yeah, I know. I hate that. And when he has an issue, I'm like, Oh, I totally, I totally get it. You know, it's just nice to have someone that understands. Um, in when there are real financial hardships to this business, you have to be crazy to go into this business. Um, you're dealing with a supply chain that often gives you, I don't want to call it garbage because it's a living creature that deserves respect, but often gives you really stressed out, really ill animals, animals that, that, that are, are not doing well. Um, and you have to be able to land them and get them back to health, right? That's difficult. If you're doing hardware, it's like a batch of wrenches comes in they're going to be fine. You put them on the shelf until they sell. Then you pick one up and you send it out, right? That's easy. You add the live element to it though, having to help fish recover and get them healthy and feed them and make sure they get where they're going healthy and all that. That's all super difficult to do, especially at any kind of scale. Anyone here that's shipped fish knows how long it takes to package fish. No matter how you're doing it, it just takes a long time. Um, if you've got, let's say you've only got like 10 boxes going out in a day that can take you all day. So figuring out how to do that in an efficient way, that's still good for the animal, the customer and the carrier and do it at scale. uh, That's not an easy thing. And then, um, 
yeah, so even if you don't ship though, even if you just have a mom and pop or brick and mortar fish store, you still have the supply chain to deal with. You still have the customers to educate. You, you have to make sure that the fish you get somehow are successful for your customer. It's, it's difficult. And so I understand the pressures that make that change because people go into the business and the intention is, hey, I love this. I want to do this every day. Let's do this every day. And then the financial whammies come. A, a batch of fish comes in and doesn't do well. Bam, you lost a ton of money. And you're seeing fish suffer. That's no good. Um, a customer, a group of fish doesn't do well for a customer for whatever reason. Bam, you have to refund it. Another financial whammy. There's all these areas where you will lose money. Um, no matter how expert you are, and if you aren't pretty darn expert, you're going to lose a lot of money real fast. So all that expertise, and we haven't even talked about business expertise yet. Just running any business is difficult. So all these financial whammies are coming at you. And so I, I get why it changes from something people to love to I, I'm not surviving. Like I've just got to sell fish to make a living. And then the fish become a commodity. And then, and then, you know, you just stop enjoying them. So I get why that happens. So right now I'm enjoying this as much as I've enjoyed fish at any time in my life. The one thing I'm missing is a lot of breeding. I'm still breeding a, a species like every month or two, I'll breed something. I mean, guppies and stuff are always breeding, but I mean like purposely breed like beta embellus or an egg layer of some kind, something challenging, something fun. Um, I'll do that occasionally, but I don't have time to do that as much as I would like. So that's the one part of the hobby where I'm, I feel like I miss that part of it, but that does not mean that I'm not just excited to get up every day and go to work. Like I, I guess the way, the best way to describe it is I didn't know what mental health was until I started doing this for a living. Now that doesn't mean it's not stressful and there aren't challenges and all that, but I wake up in the morning excited about my day, like thrilled to be going to work, thrilled to work with fish, thrilled to share fish with customers, um, knowing that I know how to do this well enough that the vast majority of customers are going to get their shipments and be pleased. Um, not always. I mean, just the statistics don't work that way, but the vast majority. And so all that just keeps me, I'm really enjoying it and I'm really enjoying life. I've had many, many jobs where I'd wake up in the morning and just want to hit snooze for an hour because I didn't want to go to work. And I'd be at work and I'd, the clock is just chink. Feels like every second is a minute is the clock's going around. You know, I mean, I'm sure most of you know what this is like. And that's why I say I didn't know what mental health was till I did this. Because I don't have that anymore. I go to bed. I'm excited about the next day. I wake up. I'm excited for the day. So as long if there ever comes a time where the fish are become a commodity for me, I know I won't enjoy that because I'll feel guilty. Like there'll be this like just 
low level guilt in the back of my head all the time. If, if that ever becomes the case, that's when I know I'll stop enjoying it until that happens though. I mean, I've been doing this, what, 27 years now. Um, fish, not always at this level in this specific way, but, and I still haven't got bored of them. So I, I don't see it happening. Yeah. And you know what I'd love to do is eventually grow this to the point where, um, the day, like the, the, the shipping of the fish and all that is, is done by employees and yeah, I'll be there, but then there's a section of the warehouse or whatever, where I can just breed fish that can be a main focus. And I'd like to make videos of different species and breed a species or two every week and make a video of that and share that. So that's the part that I miss. But, um, and I don't know if that'll ever happen at that extent, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, we need a breeding fish section um, in the business somewhere. But a lot of things have to fall into place before that happens. But no, I've been, um, it's not a job where it's not a thing where I feel it all like I don't want to be there. It's the exact opposite of that. And it's awesome. I, I don't know how else to say it. I've never at a job somewhere where I go to work and rely on for money. I've never had this kind of like excitement every day for it. Yep. And I wish that for everybody, no matter what their thing is. Okay. Let's see here. Ginger Graves. Hey, Ginger. So glad you're here. I heard my name. Lol. Yep. Fish arrived today, all alive. Oh, good. Currently in my 20-gallon long quarantine tank. Good, Ginger. I saw that they had arrived, and I was going to email and say, how did they arrive? But I figured, I figured we'd probably talk about it here. So I'm glad to hear they did. That's great. And, man, folks, folks in Tennessee have it good. Just because Tennessee is a major shipping hub, so... Even if you ship like priority, they usually get there in two days or so. Yeah. Tennessee is the place to live to get fish. <laughs> Timothy Hollis, $4.99. Thank you, Timothy. I really appreciate it. It definitely isn't for people who are in it for the money. Tim, Texas Fish Factory. Hey, yeah. Yep. I agree. I mean, I, I guess I agree and disagree. If if what drives you is the pursuit of money, it's not for you, right? There's a lot of places you can go and the focus is making money. Um, you can day trade, you can do all, you can do all kinds of things that are focused on money, right? Um, but at the same time, we do have to make this industry sustainable for people so they can make a living doing it. Otherwise, we won't have the fish we want as hobbyists, as enthusiasts, right? Um, and so I, I do feel like, yeah, I, I feel like it really is a, it, I feel like it really is a good business, but a very difficult one. There is a lot to learn. Anyone that wants to do this, go work for someone first. In fact, go work for four or five people. Spend a few years. Um, I, I know that sounds, <laughs> what, but I'm serious. Like go to mom and pop, get that experience under your belt, go to a chain store, see what's going on there. If you can work at a wholesaler, do that. If you can work at a, uh, you know, a, I don't know, a, 
online seller, an internet seller, go do that. Like if you could work at a fish farm, go do that. Depending on where you're at in the country and all that. Um, if this is something you're, you're thinking, I might want to do this for a living. And I get that some of you are like, well, <laughs> I'm of a certain age where I can't just do that. You know, there's, there's realities in life. I, I get that. But for anyone young or uh, financially free enough or independently wealthy enough that wants to do this for a living, my best advice, work for a lot of people for a while. You'll learn from each of them. And more importantly, not more importantly, and also you'll learn about the industry. I think it's very difficult to be successful in this business if you don't know how this industry works from the collection point or the farm to the exporter, to the importer, to the transshipper, to the wholesaler, to the retailer or the internet seller, you know, mom and pop chain store internet. So if you know all those things, then you can find the arbitrage. Then you'll know what you can change and what you can do to create the arbitrage you need to actually make enough profit that you can make a living and feed your family. Um, so I, I would just say that, yeah, I think that's the best thing you can do. By the way, Texas Fish Factory has a store on Get Gills um, that I think is really cool. I, I think I pointed to it the other week, a week or two ago, but it's got some neat fish that aren't available anywhere else on Get Gills. And so I was really excited when I saw Texas Fish Factory uh, post here. Um, it was especially the, here they are, the Cyprochromus. That's a cool fish. And they're hard to find, and they're hard to find someone that's willing to ship them to you too, because they can be a little tricky to ship. And so if you can find someone willing to do that and knows how to do it, that's awesome. Um, some lupi, some other, just some African cichlids and stuff that we aren't real strong on yet on Get Gills. Although, don't get me wrong, there are some sellers that have some stuff on there. But I was excited uh, when I saw Tim's store go up and saw some different stuff posted there that I couldn't find elsewhere on the site. So I'm glad you're here, Tim. Um, all righty. Hang on, chat jumped on me. Yep. Okay, found it. Think I found it. Fishkeeper Cole, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, a Cole Downer, but the adults have been like this since I got them. Oh, wow. Almost two years ago now. And there are six adults and almost 20 babies. Thanks so much for your help. Um, Cole, are there other fish in the tank? Um, are there like tetras or pencil fish or hatchet fish? Come win the hatchet fish. Perfect. Um, something up there for you. And the other thing is if you've had them for two years and they're breeding, they might not be as stressed as you think. If they're comfortable enough that they're breeding and you have a big group in there, six adults and 20 babies, they're maybe not as bad off as you think. I mean, it's probably not as fun for you because you want to watch them and they're probably running away and hiding, I'm guessing, or something like that. Um, or maybe I'm not understanding the situation exactly, a new change that stressed him out or something like that. But when I see stressed quarries, um, I think, A, they just haven't been there very long. 
Um, or ditherfish might help. I wish I could help you more, Cole. I hope I'm reading the situation right. In either way, Cole, thanks for the questions and comments. It helps make the stream lively and interesting. Even if I didn't help you at all, I'm glad you're here and that you're doing this. Tampa Tom, thank you. You're welcome, Tampa. It's always great to have you here. Anytime Tampa Tom is here, I'm like, that's right. I beat out a motorcycle ride. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Rick. Oh, jumped on me. Hang on, Rick. I'm getting back there. What? Rick, it jumped on me right when I was about to read your comment, and now I can't get up to it. So if you wouldn't mind repeating it down below. Um, in fact, the... <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing yeah the only comment i can see that's highlighted for me right now is from timothy hollis all the other ones evaporated when it jumped so i'm sorry about that um but please repost it down below so i can get to it i just it literally just jumped on me and disappeared that's what i get for being so far behind in the chat but but i i want i don't want to be pressured to keep up with the chat i want to be able to engage with a question or comment and spend some time and actually think about it and talk about it. I don't want to always be at the end waiting for a question or comment to come in and just give some curt answer um, and move on, right? I, I want to actually engage. So that's one of the consequences of that style, I guess. I'm always so far behind that sometimes it jumps and stuff just literally I can't get to it because it jumps and won't let me scroll up. Which, why does YouTube do that? I wish YouTube would just not make it so you can't scroll the whole chat. I get they're trying to limit how much bandwidth is used, but it's text. How much bandwidth can that take? Anyway, Kayla's Aquatics, $10 super chat, the jumping through the circle jazz hands cheerleader. <laughs> that is super funny. And I'm glad I saw it. At least I didn't like miss it this time, Bob. Man, I felt bad, especially when I was watching the, when I was reading the chat afterwards and I'm like, oh, poor Bob. It took like 45 minutes for me to finally see it. <laughs> I felt real bad about that. Um, Timothy Hollis, totally correct. Honestly, it's a business in which one can't be primarily driven by materialistic gains. Yes. It's a business that takes a lot of passion to be successful. Yes, I, I, the, the only way to do it in a way that I think is ethical and helps grow the hobby and increase uh, our market by getting more people interested and successful and all that, yes, it can't be driven by the money. I, I agree with you there. Yep. Absolutely. 54 Punchy, hey, Pam, are you going live after this? Are you going live about 9 p.m.? Um, if so, post it down so we all know and we can all get there. The Zen Ginger, water temp and parameters for the hatchet fish. Um, this tank runs a little hotter than my other tanks, so I would say right now they're probably in the upper 70s. Let's look. All right, so right now, actually they're warmer than that. Right now they're at 82 degrees. So they'll do, they'll do anywhere from mid 70s up to 82 degrees. And, um, it's clean water. They aren't really picky at all about hardness or alkalinity or not. I've sold a lot of them to many different customers with many different water parameters. And out of the, so I started with 200. 
I'm down to maybe 30. So out of about 170, I think I've lost one that was sent to a customer. I think one didn't make the trip or died a couple days after it got there. But all the rest have been fine. Oh, excuse me. And all the rest have been sent to people with vastly different water parameters. So I wouldn't worry about it. My water is naturally soft, about two grains German hardness, which is really darn soft, and around neutral pH. But I send them to people in Florida all the time, really hard alkaline water, no problem. Michael Wentworth, I know you don't keep a lot of Africans, but I know you occasionally dabble and get some neat stuff. Have you seen, oh wow, pseudo-crunolabrus nicolosi or thoracicromus thoracicromus browshi available? Um, Maybe. I don't know what those are. Let me take a look. Okay, real quick, the Nicolosi. What is this fish? Oh, is this like an Egyptian mouth brooder type? That's cool. That is really cool. Now, these are a fish that I would bring in if I ever saw it available. Um, not so much like the Rift Lake stuff. But those I would totally bring in. And what was the other one? Thoracicromus. It's not like a kind of fire mouth, is it? Huh. That one's not showing anything, really. So that one, I don't know. It looks like, oh, it looks like a Victorian. Is that a Victorian? Um, so no, I haven't seen either of those available. Oh, I'm still showing. Sorry. Um, I haven't seen either of those available. No. But if I ever do see that first one, I'll bring it in. The Victorian, if that's what it is, I probably wouldn't just because um, my water parameters are so off for them. And with the auto water change system and everything, I don't, it's hard for me to keep something um, who needs, it doesn't even need, they would probably do fine in my water, but I, I don't want to do that to them on purpose. Rick Stidham, if that was my comment that evaporated, it was. I was just about to read it and chat jumped in. It's like, oh, sorry, Rick. Um, <laughs> I was just saying that if my awesome luck continues, I'm passing the fish on to Candy. Oh, right. So if, if Rick wins, Candy gets the hatchets if she wants them. That's awesome. Thanks for doing that. It always thrills me when my mods get a little, a little kickback for modding, right? Um, they, they work really hard. Speaking of which, it's 826, so we will get through these and do our drawing. Michael Wentworth, seems like P. Nicolosi has almost disappeared from the hobby. Now, I know that Bob Steenfot had some, like, Egyptian mouth brooder types, I think, for sale at one point. I don't know if he still does, but that might be somewhere to get them. Man, everyone do me a favor. On, on the next live stream that Steenfont has... Everyone comment about how he should be on Get Gills. <laughs> I want to pressure Bob on the Get Gills. <laughs> He's probably listening right now going like, oh boy, thanks, Dan. <laughs> um, 
Michael, I have my GetGill store ready to go, but waiting for PayPal interface. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes, you and a lot of other people. We're working on it, Mike. It's That's a rough one, but we're working on it. It's not a simple one. If PayPal had an API that they would release that we could just webhook in, then we would be good, but they don't. So in order to make that work at all, Jonathan has to do some grunt code and that's that's just a big long process. So it's on our radar though. And it's one of the ones close to the top of our list, but even though it's towards the top of the list, it's it's such an involved project that it's it's gonna take a little time. Sorry about that. I wish I wish PayPal had an API they would release that would work smoothly and quickly. I just don't. And it's the multi it's the multi marketplace function that they can't handle. A single store, a single seller, they could handle, but one location with multiple vendors, they don't want to release that. Um, I mean, I know they can do it because eBay, but they don't want to release it. Fishkeeper Cool, they have never had tank mates, and yes, they do run and hide when I go up to their tank. Have always been like that, and no worries, you've helped plenty. You are reading this right, by the way. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, ditherfish, man, give it a try, maybe. Um, yeah, that might help. River Life, hey, River Life, good to see you here. Hello, and fifty-four punchy. The art of fish keeping is so close to one thousand subs. All right, well. Next time Pam goes live, which I believe is probably going to be tonight, probably around 9 p.m. Um, yeah, Pam, Candy shared it right there. Pam stream, there's the URL. Um, if you aren't subbed, pop over, give a sub. I mean, 54 Punchy helps in so many streams. She's such an important part of the fish community and the fish fam. The least we can do is give her a like and sub, right? Plus, amazing stories. Amazing stories. One more minute, and then we're going to draw. Okay. Michael Wentworth, misspelled the second species. Sorry. Okay, let's see what that is real quick. Oh, okay, Congo River Basin. Well, that's cool. So here's, here's the species. I, that just looks Victorian to me, that red and black. That's cool. But nope, I've not seen them. I wish I had. Neat looking fish, especially if it's from the Congo Basin. That's something I could get in and not feel bad about. Um, 44 Mad Guy Fishing More. If I win, send them to Pam. Cool. If Pam wants them, I'll do that. Michael Wentworth, Steenfont Pry has had uh, multicolor. Yeah, yeah, the Egyptian mouth brooder. Yep. Wet Spot has them. Yep. Rockford Fish Keeping, ask at Dan's Fish to help on Get Gills. At Caleb Aquatics, ask at Dan's Fish for help on Get Gills. Caleb Aquatics, if you're having trouble on Get, get Gills, just send me an email, dan at dansfish.com or dan at getgills.com. I, I own both sites and um, I will gladly help you get things worked out there. Anyone that wants to sell fish or buy fish or whatever on Get Gills, if you run into any problems, please feel free to reach out. I'm happy to help. I'll email back and forth. I'll get a chat going. I'll call you. We can do a video call. Whatever I have to do to help you be successful, I'm willing to do. That site's important to me, and I feel like it's uh, important to the hobby. I feel like it could really help things out.
All right. Michael Wentworth is more of a riverend. Yeah, I, I get that. Once I saw Congo Basin. Yep. Oh, but it's up higher than the basin itself. I'll have to, I'll have to dig into that at some point. Oh, Steenfuck got Nicolsian four weeks ago, but they came in terrible shape. Yeah. Yep. Well, I hope they hope they recover and uh, we can get some from Bob because that is a cool looking fish. All right. Time for the drawing. We are going to do a drawing now for some free hatchet fish. I'll send you six of these big, beautiful, hardy, like well acclimated. You've all seen them doing well for a long time. Hatchet fish. Um, if you win this. So here we go. We have 115 entries, not bad at all. And I see at least one of my mods there. So I know I entered it correctly. Drum roll. And the winner is Fish Room Fever. Fish Room Fever, you have won the drawing. If you would, please quickly confirm that you are here because you do have to be present to win. Then we can move on. And if you don't, we'll draw again. But it's been nice lately. We haven't had to draw like three or four times lately. <laughs> Fish Room Fever is here. Awesome. Way to go. Congrats. Glad you could win some cool fish. Fish Room Fever, if you would send me an email, dan at dansfish.com. I need your first and last name, your shipping address, and just say, yes, I want these. Or, um, yeah, and I'll send them to you next Monday is when I plan to ship them out. So you can get them. I'll send you tracking as well. As soon as they get in the mail, you'll, you should automatically get tracking info so you can see when they'll get there. It'll probably be on Wednesday when they arrive. All right, everybody, thanks so much. I want to thank my mods first and foremost because they work really hard and they don't get paid. And it's an amazing thing they do for us and for me every week. Thanks so much, guys. I, I truly appreciate it. Everyone that gave a super chat, helps so much. Never required, but always appreciated. And it makes my life super happy. Um, everyone that had questions and comments, thanks for participating. If I didn't see yours, chat jumped a couple times. Technical difficulties. It was, was kind of weird at the beginning with all those timeouts. I have a feeling something was going on like outside somewhere with the storm. Um, but anyway, thanks so much for going through all that with me and getting through all those uh, laggy buffering times at the beginning of the stream. We'll do this again next week, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Hope to see you there. Until then, have a good one. And I hope to see you over at 54 Punchy, the Art of Fish Keeping stream at what, about nine o'clock, I'm guessing. Folks will start heading over there now and chatting. Uh, let's get her up to a thousand subs. That would be awesome. River Life, $5 super chat. Later, Dan. Later, River Life. And this is where I awkwardly say good night and goodbye and pause for a few seconds so the camera can shut down. So until next time, bye-bye.